I read some a long time ago. They was like good debt and bad debt. So if you go take on a consumer loan or purchase a car, to me, that's bad debt. You know, somebody else might say, man, I can make the car payment. It ain't hurt me in my career or my salary. You know, I make this amount of money. But to me, it's in your personal name. It's going to lower your DTI, you know, your DTI and stuff like that. So you got to look at the difference between good debt, bad, bad debt. Hey, what's going on? Is your host, Tolu Oyemi, doing the most. Let's get to it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at T-O-L-U.O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Now back to the episode. Hey, what's going on, my masterminders, man? We have another legend in the building, a legend in the making, man. Investor, entrepreneur, speaker, man, legacy builder, man. Not only his, but helping others build that generational wealth, that generational legacy. Lamont Woods, aka CEO of Wood Family Estates out of Louisiana. Man, welcome, Lamont. What's going on, man? Appreciate, appreciate for having me. Appreciate the opportunity, man. Nah, man. I think what's really interesting is your expansion and how fast you've been able to expand and even you know what we discussed before the podcast started but you were saying sacrifice you know delayed gratification self-development legacy generational wealth and to see that being built at such an explosive rate by you you know i think everybody in the audience is just interested like okay uh, where, where he came from like what, what got him into it so you know kind of tell us about your background and like what you grew uh, up around and what kind of inspired you to get into the game because one thing that's interesting is that your wife kind of sparked a lot of this man yep. and I think everybody out there is this going to be one of them podcasts where I want y'all to listen to him real intense because the amount of experience and knowledge that Lamont's bringing to the table is crazy but man now tell us tell us about that background what you uh, oh man just regular background I grew up in the hood I grew up in the hood, but what I like to say, one of the stinging facts for me growing up was I had a mom and a dad, you know. I got the chance to see teamwork and stuff like that early on. So I grew up in the hood, went to school, you know, played high school football and stuff like that. And uh, after graduation, you know, after school, it's just a typical, you know, I didn't take the college route or nothing like that. So I was working a lot of dead-end jobs and stuff like that. And I just wanted more in life. So I worked uh, for the Coca-Cola plant and I worked at just different places. And I uh, went to get my CDLs. I was like, man, I used to see y'all when I worked in Coca-Cola plant, you see all the truck drivers bringing the deliveries in and they were telling me what type of money they making and stuff like that. I went to do that and I found out that I had a little situation with my eyes so I couldn't pass the eye test and stuff like that there. So I was like, man, I was kind of discouraged, but I feel like that wasn't meant and stuff like that. So I just started, you know, I'm real big into music. So I started listening to music and stuff like that. And I just figured like, man, I wanted more in life, man, you know? And I always seen my dad, he was a hustler, you know, he worked uh, at GB Cooley. He was over all the maintenance properties. He did all, they got like disability living and senior living and he did all the maintenance and stuff like that there. And my uncles worked on houses and just different things like that there. So, and I always knew I wanted more life and I seen real estate back then, but that one with the direction I was going in when I couldn't find a job the way I wanted to find a job. I was like, man, I have to figure something out, you know, I had to figure something out. So what ended up happening was, you know, working these jobs, I started reading books and music was an influence. I knew I wanted to be my own boss, be an entrepreneur and stuff like that there. So me and my wife, we were just, you know, just growing up. We didn't have a lot of money. She was making less than 30 grand. I was making less than 30 grand as we got older and stuff like that. Though she was my girlfriend at the time. Then we had a son 
and, and uh, my daughter and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I got to make a transition. So what ended up happening was uh, we ended up moving into a house uh, one time. We moved into the property. It was in the hood. We was paying like five fifty a month in rent. And we were just living there and stuff like that. We wasn't the type of people with my dad having a construction background. You know, if I needed something done around the house, like I called him, we never called the landlord and stuff like that, paying the rent. And so one day my wife came with this idea of like, uh, let's buy the house. And I was like, man, this house? I was like, no, man, I don't wanna know. I'm like, what you talking about? And she was like, man, I wanna do, they wanna sell it. She was like, I'm gonna find out. And I was against it for months. We had arguments about it. Cause you know, you grow up in the hood. You know, my mom and dad had a nice house. They fixed on, but it was in the hood and added bedrooms to make it adequate for me and my brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? So you grow up in the hood, you know, I go when you grow up in the hood to get out. You know, you don't see yourself being that. That's just your aspiration. So my wife was just like, and I was just always against it. Cause I was like, man, I don't want to live here or be here. And so she was just like, I'm an actor. So one day she went over to Century 21, the property management company that uh, that was managing the property. And she asked the guy, do he want to sell? And the guy's name was Mr. French. And one of his, he said, my investor might do want to sell. He gave her a call and she called him back with a price. And he called my wife and told her they wanted 15 grand for the house. 15 grand for the house. And I was like, man, I started thinking about it because of, I thought it was going to be more than 15 grand. Then I started thinking about my wife's point. She was like, you know, we already started doing work around here. We did our own floors, even though we was renting. We did our own little painting and we did certain things. And I had my dad come over and do certain things because we just didn't bother the uh, property management company. And then like that, we just took matters into our own hands and stuff. So I started thinking about it. So I went and talked to my mom and dad about it. I was just kind of scared and feared because I was like, man, I don't know how we gonna get the money for one. And for two, I'm like, man, I just don't see myself being here long term and stuff. So that me and my wife, we had our arguments and our fallouts about it. We kept talking about it. I was like, all right, man, let's do it. So, and then I was like, how are we gonna get the money to do it? So happened the time they told us we ended up getting our income tax. Wow. I'm getting our income tax. So we ended up and, and, and you know, one thing real quick is that and I want the audience because you know, a lot of people listening to the podcast and the importance of choosing a partner that's uh -huh. gonna help you because you could have had a wife that maybe would have done the opposite, like, yo, let's blow it, let's let's spend it anyhow, like you know, like not give a kid, but what do you think made her be like Let's let's buy this house. Let's let's start getting into real estate. Like, what sparked that in her? Well, it wasn't so much about getting real estate. Her thing was we don't got to pay rent no more. So you know, when you're young and you're in your early twenties, you're making less than thirty grand a year. So that five fifty to us was a big deal at the time. So her thing was, look, we don't have to pay rent no more. Think about it. We was able to save and keep this money. So the idea wasn't to be like just in real estate. The idea was just to own our home and we don't have to pay rent so no more because of like back then, man. That five fifty was like you know you had to put the money aside out your paycheck. Yeah. You know. Thinking a lot, that's an adjustment, you know what I'm saying? But you got to keep a roof over your head and stuff. So that's what the idea kind of sparked with, with her. And her biggest thing was just owning something, you know, the difference between my wife, she grew up with just a single mom. I had a mom and a dad, so I had a little bit more help and different things like that with her, just her mom and her two sisters and stuff. It was kind of different dynamic for her and her childhood life and stuff. So that was, that was like a trophy for her to own something because that's something that didn't go on a lot in her family and stuff like that there. So... That's kind of what the idea, not real estate. It was just to own our home, man. Wow, ownership. Okay, nah, awesome. Because 
a lot of people, they don't have that kind of mindset, you know, they don't have like that ownership mindset or, you know, having that asset because you're right, that 550, that 600 every month, like that's eating away, you know, that's, you're going to feel that. And to be able to be like, all right, let's combine together and just knock it out once. So like when you, you said the income, income tax that yeah, came in. Yeah. Yeah, we how, got the, how did, yeah, what happened from there? Oh, uh, we got the income tax. So what we ended up doing, we got the income tax. And for that year, I had got like 7000 some dollars. My wife, we had the money. So we ended up, we had the money. And we didn't go to a closing attorney. We didn't go to a title company. We went to a lawyer's office because the uh, closing costs were cheaper. The guy, he had only charged us 600 bucks to do the title work and stuff like that because he seen a young black couple coming in there. He was just proud of us because he owned a lot of real estate. A lot of lawyers, Mr. Willie Hunter. I never forget how much he was an impact on my life too. Then by just looking, going into a black man's office, he got a suit on, he owned properties, he owned his office and stuff like that. He had a nice truck outside. So that was an impact on my life too. We went there to do that. And then he was telling me when we closed on it, he was telling me how much property he owned. So we ended up buying the house, 15 plus the closing calls. And we only had like 600 and some bucks left to our name. Like we was like down there back broke again. Like wow. we it broke again because, but we took the sacrifice and I was scared, I was nervous, but my wife thing was that, man, think about if we just continue to like save that rent we was paying. It. Like now we don't gotta pay it no more. So now we, I know our money low right now, but we'll be up because we don't have that 550 coming out no more. That's so right. like, that's really uh what it was, man. So we purchased it and we kept, we did a little continue. My wife was always doing stuff, floors and painting. We did a little different things to the property and stuff like that there, but it was in the hood. So we had purchased it. We stayed there for another year. We had got our money up and we paid my wife Carl. So then, you know, we didn't know at the time but we was eliminating expenses like what people talk about now. You yeah. know, this back in 2015, you know, we paid the house off. Then we paid her and Paul off. So we paid the car off. We ain't had a 300 and some dollar car payment no more. So now you got to think, we almost up a grand in savings a month because of we eliminated some expenses. At the time, we wasn't looking at it like that. It was just that we knew our financial situation and we knew like we didn't want to have all these bills getting paid what we was getting paid at the time. And who who thought of of that? Like, yo, let's let's go ahead and pay off the Impala. Was that you that brought it to the table? Like, you know what? Let let's go ahead and carry this out. Or was it her that was like, you know what? We might as well go pay this off and keep that three hundred. Well, it just happened organically over time. She had had it for a while, and uh, it just happened over uh, time. I think she probably made an extra payment here and there, but it had just happened over time. Wow. It wasn't like a strategic plan to go do it. It just happened because she had already had it for a couple of years. Got you, got you. And so now, look, it's one thing to, to own your own. And you're right. Like nowadays, you're seeing a lot of that, the Dave Ramsey and, you know, the snowball effect and pay off the, ex kill the expenses off first. And, you know, the emergency fund and uh, six to 12 months, you know, of all expenses as a cushion. But right there, some people could have been like, oh, you good. Y'all good. This, But what? What was the next step in terms of like, all right, we paid, we own the house, own Impala. I want to get into more business or because that's not even real estate. That's just really knocking off expenses. So what was the next thing that came up to be like, all right, this is an opportunity 
for me to pour money or pour energy into this. Uh, the thing, what I, like I said earlier, when I went and closed, went to the Mr. Hunter office and closed, I just remember him talking about all the properties that he owned. Like he owned the office right there, then he had some apartments around the corner that he owned. When you walked outside his office, you can see. So what ended up happening was after we purchased the house, we paid the car off. I just, that's when I started tapping personal development. I started reading books and I started listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And I would just get my information up. So that's why I said sacrifice when I was at work. I stopped listening to music. I love music, but I turned it off, turned on bigger pockets. Uh, later on, I found about the Todd Millionaire podcast. These two guys I used to watch flip to success, I think, or some on YouTube back then. I just was reading and learning this stuff. And I was just sitting on the information and wasn't taking action. So one day, my wife came with another plan. She said, hey, you know, we got the kids now. We in this, it's time to get out the hood and go buy a house, you know, a better house, because it wasn't about us no more. We got the kids and stuff. Oh, wow. stuff like that. So we had to move into another property, which we reside in now. So it was, what ended up happening was we ended up going out, we got our credit up because uh, we had the, I had got a second job and I was working both of the jobs and my wife was working. So we had enough money to qualify. We ended up getting an FHA loan and stuff like that to purchase the property and stuff like that there. So we moved in a better neighborhood for the kids and stuff like that there in the middle class neighborhood. That, that, and this is one thing you know, I want the listeners to understand because all the extremely successful entrepreneurs that, you know, I've had the opportunity and honor to speak to, they say the same thing that you're saying. They consumed a lot of books and podcasts and audio books and started consuming that self-development, that, that information because, hey, you can listen to music all your life and still be in the same spot, don't got nothing going on and inflation coming in and you seen everybody else around you leveling up but instead you were like you know what let me let me put myself on game i saw what mr hunter was doing let me go ahead and so you said i even saw uh 2016 you had a posting on bigger pockets talking about uh three bedroom two bathroom you paid fifteen thousand for it and you plan on buying one property a year so, yeah literally what you typed what you spoke you manifested that yeah hey, exist think about it, man i was so scared when i posted that i didn't even my my punk punctuation well, i can pronounce the word like my spelling my shit was all over the place and stuff like that but i was just like it's like every time my wife got the nerve of steel bro like she's like she from where she came from she's one of my biggest inspirations and motivation where she came from i think and then act later i used to be like that growing up because it was all about trying to play it close and you know you scared of messing up when you the male because you got her to take care of the kids so you know if the family fail who everybody come make look at you so it's kind of like but my wife was so when i posted it on bigger pockets we was transitioning from moving from that house we owned until until going to where we uh resided now and i was scared and i reached out on bigger pockets to get some advice i had long long runoff sentences and everything i didn't know i was just wanting somebody to answer the question and stuff like that there and i remember doing that post man i can't believe you found that because i remember doing that post when i was sick i got out early one day on wednesdays for my short day and i just remember we were finna get ready to make that move and i had like anxiety or something i was like man like Man, I'm moving out some of my own with no note to go move into something that I'm a old a note on, you know. Mm. So I was just going through that transition. So I made that post on Big Pockets. Yeah, nah, and that goes to show like you were 
taking them actions because a lot of people like that's one thing information is always going to help especially when you're getting that information from other people that have been in the game and been through similar circumstances and bigger pockets that's all they do there is, is real estate and development and commercial and that's like heaven of real estate you know like that's all they do over there so i think even to your point about like being a man in the family and making sure that you know things were secure by you doing that that helped to hit that faith that helped to you know get more of that information over to you because i saw people were replying like yo join this facebook group and xyz and this can pick you up on game but you know one thing i wanted to ask you was what were some of the books that you were reading what were some of the audio books that you were listening to to help get your mind in that right to, to, to feed you information uh, back then, man, I was just picking up stuff, man. My mom had like a bookshelf. She used to go to rummage sales and stuff growing up back then. So I had read some TDJ books, like, and they had did a little bit of things for my mindset and stuff like that. And then I had read this book. It's a true story about these four black lawyers, four black doctors that grew up in the hood and they went on went to jail. They had went through all this stuff, but they ended up graduating, went to college together. They were best friends and they graduated out. They was four black doctors. I read that book and stuff like that. So I was just picking up stuff. I never, I, at that point in time, 2015, 16, I didn't, 2015, I didn't actually go out and purchase a book. I was just picking up stuff that was around and stuff like that. And I was on YouTube a lot. You know, I go on YouTube and type in real estate, you know, back then. You know, you're looking for a black figure, somebody look like you, and all the people will pop up back then, like Jay Morrison and people like that. You didn't see as many people on there as you see today. So I was just picking up stuff that was around and reading and tapping into that and stuff like that. Then later on, I got to the point where I was buying books and investing in it and stuff like that. But I look at it like starting with what you got. You know, everything I've done up to this point always results back to starting what you got. I started with that house and look at what me and my wife own today. You know, I started with them books that was on my mom's bookshelf and stuff like that. I started with a book that I checked out from the library. I never returned about the four doctors and I read that one. So it was just like, you know, people say, I ain't got the money to do this. I, ain't. I just started with what I had from day one, man. That's all I really did. And I think that's the best thing that was makes your story that much more powerful is that it wasn't like somebody came in and cut you a check and you know yeah. like you just have all this money in the, in a bank account but another point too is you say your your wife having like nerves of steel and kind of you know being insistent on now nah, we can do this and when when you see that because that's a huge motivation did you did you notice those type of properties or like like man this is that kind of person like when you first met her or was it something that you kind of discovered over time like oh wow like okay she ready to to level up or she ready to take this risk like did you notice that from the beginning or was it like over time no, it was there from the beginning, but I was too young and dumb, immature, making mistakes in life, you know, want to run the streets and do all this. So no, I didn't, I didn't uh, notice it at the time of uh, growing, growing up. But one thing I knew is, like I always say, her background with a single parent and my background with two parents was totally different. So I knew that and I knew she always wanted more than what she seen growing up. So like that didn't allow me to get comfortable because of like, I would have just said, let's be hubbing and wife and do what my mom and my dad did. But by her having a nervous still, so I look at something like, man, I pray this work. And she always say, man, that's gonna work. It's gonna be good. Like, and she say this one thing to this day, she always paint this picture. When we went through X, Y, Z, then God get us through it then. 
So he'll get us through get us through it now. And that always made me feel better about what I was doing. So if I didn't have her to offset me like that, then I don't think I'd make it to this point. Well, I know I don't make it to this point because I always looked at what's the worst that can happen. But she always looked at what if the shit work, what is the best that can happen, you know? So it kind of balances you off as a person. Yeah, and I think that that's powerful, you know. Your, your partner or that, that significant other, you need that person that is going to level, like, let's level up in life. Like, you know, you, you're not coming back for a round two, you know, this is it. And I think another thing is that your kids, they see you hustling, they see her hustling. And not only that, but they're so young that they become a part of the business. They start understanding these terms at an extremely early age. They start having that, that business knowledge and experience being infused into them by what both of y'all are doing. So not only are they getting that generational wealth, but they getting that, that mindset to build generational wealth on their own eventually when both of you are gone. And not only that, but they seen hustlers at work. So that's gonna get in their DNA and, and their mindset like, all right, I'm finna take it to another level too as well. So, you know, one thing that is interesting is that you talked about like the FHA loan and, you know, like credit and, and learning about leverage and, you know, things about that. Um, back then, when you first started like discovering these concepts from watching the YouTube videos and the audio books and the podcasts, how did you start applying it to what you had going on? Because it's difficult, like it's not not difficult, but it's one thing to read and learn and watch, but then it's another thing to execute. Uh, man, so what ended up happening was, you know, my wife is a couple years older than me. So she, you know, it's something about women I always have good credit and it be the male. It's like they born with good credit or something. <laughs> it's like they born to get a better job first. It be things like that. It just seemed like it happened in life and stuff like that. So what ended up happening when we uh we went through the FHA loan process, we was move we was applying to move out that house into the new house. So my wife's credit was good, but my credit wasn't bad. I just haven't established credit history. So she put me on game about the credit history. So she was like, Well, Lamont, I'm gonna put you as an authorized user on my credit cards. Cause she was always like, I'm gonna use a credit card and pay it off and pay it back. You know, I didn't know nothing about that. You know, I grew up, my dad talked about cash. It was like, when I was growing up, debt was like death. Like, don't stay away from the bank. Stay away from holding credit card payments. They ain't talk about nothing like that. If you ain't got the money to buy it, then don't buy it. So stuff like that. So I had learned, we, we were talking to the realtor uh, and the broker and the loan officer. I learned about like, where your credit needed to be at to purchase the qualify for financing and stuff like that. And what I noticed, my credit was stagnant until my wife put me as an authorized user on her credit cards. And then my credit started going up. My score started increasing. And I was showing, by her making those monthly payments every month, I was showing, uh, you know, product, I was showing activity on my credit report. So that's what ended up happening and stuff. So I didn't know at the time that I was learning, we were just applying to move out the hood into a better house. I didn't know what I was learning at that time. It was just happening, but I was learning different things that I just didn't know at the time that I applied, you know, the next segment to the story that I applied later on to get to this point. Wow. And that that's interesting because if you look at what's going on nowadays, there's still a huge argument like credit, uh, debt, 
and like should you have any debt and like i think a lot of people are still confused and a lot of people some people are like oh you stay away from all that credit stuff and that's how you're gonna get jammed up but i think even you were talking about like how, how to leverage credit and things like that so what what's your advice to people out there that are looking at like credit and like how should they move with it and like how they should set it up i don't like consumer debt you know like credit cards like you like like you know cards from a store and stuff like that i think you got to start a review looking at it in another way viewing it another way i, I read some a long time ago they was like good debt and bad debt so if you go take on a consumer loan or purchase a car to me that's bad debt you know, somebody else might say, man, I can make the car payment. It ain't hurt me in my career or my salary. You know, I make this amount of money. But to me, it's in your personal name. It's going to lower your DTI, you, you know, your DTI and stuff like that. So you got to look at the difference between good debt, bad, bad debt. If I would have listened to people saying, hey, don't get the loans, don't do this. Like I would never make it to this point. So, you know, bad debt is what you got to pay for. Good debt is what pays you. And you got it down to them simpler terms like this. So if I go buy a car and my payments are six twenty a month, right? I gotta make that payment. But if I go buy an asset, a rent house that pays me seven hundred a month, but then it pays the six twenty for that car. So now my asset is paying for a liability. And it's the difference. You no, know, the good debt pays you. The bad debt costs you money. So once you kinda like put it in that box and look at it like that, it kind of help you with that fear and that different way of looking at debt and stuff like that. You look at the big companies, Walmart, you look at like Chick-fil-A, you know, some of the major companies, they built out debt. You know, some of the billionaires are built out debt, you know, but I'm saying debt in a way of like they're using debt in good way to create a passive income stream and stuff like that versus getting a consumer debt. Well, I had to pay the credit cards before. I know what that feel like. You know, I never had a, a car payment and stuff like that until now, but I had a bunch of assets to cover my truck note and stuff later on because that's a sacrifice that I made. I knew I wasn't making enough money back then to afford that type of stuff. So you just gotta, you gotta look at it from good debt and bad debt. And once you do that, you'll be all right. So that that right there is a gem. That's, that's, that's why we do these podcasts. That's why you wanna tap in with people like Lamar. He just broke down the difference between good credit and bad credit, good credit and bad debt and good debt. Like your good debt is money that you're borrowing to go buy an asset. So that means it's not taking money out of your pockets. It's pitting money in your pockets versus, hey, look, I got to pay this car note. Hey, look, I got uh, an Apple credit card from buying a Apple TV, MacBook, like that's not putting money in your pockets. It's taking money out. But if you go buy a property or a business asset or something that is cash flowing positive and you're paying $500 a month for that, but at the same time, that thing is bringing in 700, and it's pitting $750 in your pocket every month. That means you cash flowing 250. Yep. So, and that's that's how billionaires think. That's how multi-millionaires think. They use their money to buy assets and then those assets pay for their expenses and things of that nature. Yep. And I think that's one of the most difficult things, especially for our community. I mean, they slowly starting to, to, to wake up and, you know, learn game. But, you know, that's something that if it's not passed down, 
like oh this is how you maneuver in the game this is how you're supposed to do this then you see a lot of people 80 years old 60 years old 70 piled up in, in debt consuming loan all of this don't have nothing to show for themselves so it's kind of crazy that and that had to come from reading books and watching the youtube videos and the audio books and things of that nature so i like that but YouTube University, man, it's free. I don't got too long debt. It's free, man. Like YouTube helped me to have me and my wife have a million dollar plus net worth, you know, and own millions in real estate by just understanding like them type of concept. So we had to grow from people. We took back on the kids part that we talked about. We had to grow from giving our kids what we never had to teaching our kids what we've never taught. Like if you teach them these things, then they can learn to grow and apply these things, you know. So that's very uh it's very important that we uh, do that right there. Nah, you're, you're 1000% right. And you, you said YouTube University. And, and that's one thing too, as well, is that there's so much information, so much knowledge out there. Like, yo, look, if you're trying to level up in life, you're gonna go, you're gonna go get that information. And one thing I wanted to ask was that, you know, even during the line of building all of this up, you said you had, uh, somebody had showed you some property and I, I guess you had, uh, you bought it and then, you were trying to do something with it and somebody had put up a sign like we buy houses and yeah. you said it was some young dude and you kind of showed him the property and he wasn't too interested but then y'all started sparking conversation and yeah man. yeah so to get in that story so you know we bought the house in the hood and then we rented it then we moved we moved got the fha loan we put our down payment down we moved in, into the property we reside in today and so what ended up happening was go back to the bigger pocket post you said earlier about one buying one a year. So something ended up happening between that gap where we moved into this house on just like 2016, I think Christmas Eve and stuff like that. So the following year, 2015, the following year, 2016 was like the year was like next couple of days after the new year and stuff like that, Christmas. So I ended up renting that house out. So I posted the house and people started calling me. And I remember calling my wife here at work. And I was like, man, damn, people really want to rent the house. They've been calling me all day. I went to Home Depot and bought like a little $3 sign, got a marker, wrote for rent on there. At the time, you don't know no better, so you write your personal number on there. Wrote my number on there. <laughs> so what ended up happening was I rented that house out. And the, the plan initially was for that house, we was going to rent that house out and let it pay for our new house. Mm. That was the plan. So we was like, how can we afford the new house? Okay, the little rent house pay for the big house. So uh, I rented the house out and I got a $400 deposit and I got $575 for rent. So I had $975 in my hand. And I remember calling my wife on the way home because we stayed like a far, we stayed a little way on the other side of the highway now. So I had a little way to travel from the rent house to our personal house. So uh, I remember calling her like, I was making $830 every two weeks. So I remember calling her and saying, damn, this is more than I make in two weeks worth of work. These two money orders in my hand. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, what if I can do this again? What if I can do this again and again after that? Because of just having that $400 deposit and that $575 when I first got it. And all I did was sign the piece of paper with these people and gave them a key and told them, hey, pay the rent, don't trash my house. I remember that's all I told them at the time. You know? Man, when I did that, it just changed my life. So I went on a relentless pursuit of, man, I started listening to every podcast. I read every book. That's when I started buying books. I started buying books then. I started just, man, consuming so much information. And you know, at the time, we didn't want to do, because we bought that house cash. So that's the only way I knew at the time. 
financed the other house because that was our personal house, you know, a 30 year mortgage. You know, we didn't have that much money. That was hundreds of thousand dollars to go by there. We didn't have it. So we had to finance it. But I was telling my wife, what if we can save our money and do what we did with that house? We can save, we can get the rent money. So we'll pay our mortgage at the house and then we'll take that 575 we can get from the rent house, save it for 12 months and we'll put our income taxes together again and we can buy one house a year. I was like, what if we can do that? And we can do that for years to come. So that was the game plan at first. And then I started listening to YouTube and stuff in the park and I heard about wholesaling. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, these guys saying they flipping papers. So I met with a realtor. I invited him over to the house. He's one of the biggest realtors in the area. And he was like putting a wholesale team together where he wow. was like putting a brain, teaching you what he was doing and he made money off the deal and stuff like that there. So what I ended up doing was I got the contracts from him, the assignment contract, the purchase agreement and stuff. And he just started telling me about it, stuff like this. So I ended up telling my wife, I'm gonna try it. So I started trying, I put out some signs. I bought some more little three, four dollar little card things from Home Depot, a little sign in the stake. I wrote, you know, we buy houses on there. I bought some signs, I went and put them out, stuff like that. I made a Craigslist ad and stuff like that there. And I had two jobs. I was leaving with my second job and I was in West Monroe. It's on the other side of the track and I live in Monroe. So I was leaving and I seen this we buy, uh, no, I got a house on the contract. Before then, I had got a house on the contract from the seller for like 6000 and I tried to resell for 9000 It was a bad house. I wanted to buy the house because it was only six grand and I had the money, but the house was just so in bad shape that I was like, man, I ain't never been to fix this house and stuff like that. So I was like, man, nah, we ain't gonna do this. So I tried to wholesale it. And I had people coming over there looking at it. It, was, it. it had so much damage and stuff, man. And I wanted nine grand for it, so I can make a $3,000 profit. Yep. So that's what I learned from wholesaling, but I couldn't get a buyer. So I was like, man, I, I posted on Facebook, I posted on Craigslist, I just couldn't get a buyer. So what I ended up doing was when I was leaving work one day, I seen this We Buy Houses sign, right? It was just on the side of the road and I called this number and this guy answered and he was like, uh, I was like, uh, I looked at the phone because a young guy answered. I was like, I'm calling the right number. Like, uh, I was like, man, y'all buy houses? He was like, yeah, man. I'm like, man, dude kind of young. Sound like he kind of young, like around my age. So uh, he was like, yeah, I want to check it out. I was like, all right, I got to go make this stop. I'll meet you there in an hour. I sent him the address and I ended up meeting the guy there and I showed him the house. He didn't want to buy, he looked at it. He was like, man, this too much work for me. I got this project going on, that project. He was telling me all this stuff. And he pulled up, when he first pulled up, the thing where he pulled up in this big truck, he pulled up, you know, just, he was young. And I was like, man, what the hell he do? Pulling up in this big truck and you know, he was just young. And he just had this certain type of presence about him, like he was a hustler. Yeah. And I was like, man, what's going on? So I started, I asked him, when we were looking at the house and started talking about this project he had going on, that project. And I was like, man, what you do? And he told me, man, I just buy a bunch of houses like this. But right now I got too much projects going on. I can't buy these. And it was outside of his zone because he's from West Monroe. So he liked to buy in West Monroe. Mm -hmm. So me and him end up talking. He didn't buy the house, man. But I always say, bro, without that guy, I'm never to this point. Like he gave me a million and some dollars worth of game right there. We end up talking out there for like two hours. And he ended up telling me, man, I work with this bank. I can give you his number. And uh, this is how I do my deals. He just ended up talking to me and stuff like that. I was like, man, damn, I never, at the time he was like 31 years old. So I was like, man, I never seen nobody. You know, he had like 70 houses at the time. I, I, I never seen nobody that young 
that told me, he told me, man, I've been an entrepreneur for the last three years. It was like three years at the time, two or three years. I got this many guys work for me and stuff like that. I got my own office. He was just telling me this stuff and my mind was getting blown. I was like, man, how old you said you is again? He was like, 31. I was like, man, damn. So after getting that information from him, I called my wife. As soon as I got in the truck, I'm hella excited. I'm like, dude, man, I just met this guy. He told me this, he told me this. And the key thing he said before we left, he gave me his number. And he said, if you need me, just give me a call, man. I was like, damn, this dude don't know me from apples and oranges, but he told me I can call him. So, man, just meeting that guy changed my life, man. And what he did, told me about his banking. So I was like, man, I started learning more about using debt to buy the properties now. I went thinking about wholesaling and cash no more. I had changed my mindset. I was like, man, I can get a loan, I can buy a property, I can buy it. I can get a loan to purchase it and fix it up because he told me that. And then were things I was thinking about years ago, a year ago that I didn't know. So it, I didn't act on it because I didn't know you could do it until that guy told me that. So once he told me that, I was like, all right. So what I did, I started reading and listening to podcasts and stuff like that more. And I just call and keep in contact with him every now and then. He'll just tell me like, hey, man, you need me to go look at a house with you to go do this, to go do that and stuff like that. Let me know. So what ended up happening was one day me and my partner Pierce was at work and that's another guy I met. He wanted to get into real estate and stuff like that. Me and him talked every day at work and we was like, man, I was like, man, let's go to the bank and talk to that bank, man. The lender that he told me about. I was like, let's go to the bank. So what you know, another sacrifice, man, I skipped work. On lunch shift, I put my damn certain tie on in the car. In, in the car, we called the bank on the Monday. We scheduled an appointment. He told me we could come in on Wednesday. Yeah. So uh, I put my certain tie on in the car, and then we ended up going into that bank. And I ended up talking to the banker and telling him what I wanted to do. And this is different what people don't understand. I didn't go in the bank saying, hey, two things happened with my bank visit. I knew what I wanted to do because I had consumed so much knowledge information over the years i knew what i wanted to do so i didn't waste a lot of the biker time and number two is collateral that's what we as people got to understand to own something that you got equity in collateral so i own remember i owned that property that i bought in the hood so now instead of me going into the bank asking for a loan i was already kind of like a customer because i own collateral with the house that i had already on free and clear meaning i didn't have a mortgage payment on it because me and my wife bought it for the 15 grand cash back then so that that was uh, that's kind of how that story went, man. And after that, that bank visit and meeting that guy, his name is Scooter Howe, man. That guy like a mentor to me to the day, man. I got so much respect for that guy because of like that was one of the first guys I met that was just young and that was a boss and that was humble. Like he went bragging, nothing like that, man. He was just a humble guy, man. And me and that guy still friends, work out together today. We still friends to this day, and uh, just meeting that guy. And, that, and it kind of took off from there, man. So that's kind of how that story went after we bought that house using the FHA loan. And, you know, that's crazy because it shows that journey from that. When you first got that, like, 945 because of the security deposit and the first month's rent, you were like, yo, like, this is just off one move right here. And yo. I don't even make this much in two weeks, like, uh, uh, what I'm getting from my job right now. So that put the battery in your back to be like, you know what? It's time for me to go super hard with this. And from there, you start seeing like these opportunities and like talking to people because you said Scooter High and like the banker and like the people he knew because if he put that recommendation in, the banker looks at you and he's like, oh, okay, 
I got a good relationship with Scooter. If you coming in under him, I'm gonna hook you up. I'm gonna I'm start trying to help you win and pitch you in position too as well. Yeah. Now, going through, because you know, a lot of the times, and I think what you discovered was that, yo, there's levels to this. Like yeah. you started off like, okay, let's just go ahead and own our home. But then as time went on, you're like, okay, leverage credit, collateral, cash flow property, lines of credit, like, mm-hmm. and being able to take all of that and, and keep investing because it's like you got this momentum now. Like, keep a crime, cash flowing properties. And one thing too, as well, that's interesting is that where you're staying at right now, Louisiana, I wouldn't be surprised if like they give you the key to the city or they start bringing you up to like property, commerce, meetings, or that's because of the fact that you're buying so much real estate up in the area. So can you talk about like how the city or like how that community has been reacting to what you're doing? Oh man, it's been it's been cool, man. Cause people know you know I always got my company shirt on when I'm at Home Depot, and you know they see like stuff. You now I kind of post some stuff real estate related to stay relevant and stuff like that. I should post more and tell the story more and stuff like that there, you know. But uh, it's been inviting, you know, joining the landlord club and networking with different people, you know, once a week, every couple times a month. I'm going to lunch with different landlords and stuff like that. And being in a small community like me. You get to where uh, you get to where people know what you do, so they call you. Like they call you and say, "Hey, this person got their property sale. You might need to go check that out." Or this person, this and that. So a lot of the deals and stuff we've been able to buy, but came up word of mouth because we're in a small area and people just starting to know what we do and stuff like that. You know, and I'm big, but I'm small because like guys like Scooter, the guy I mentioned, and other guys they own way more properties than me. You know, but. You know, but coming from where I come from and, you know, doing what I'm doing, like, I'm kind of, you know, me and my wife, we kind of get a lot of attention for that. But, you know, we don't, we don't veer like that and nothing like that, man. We still hustling, we still grinding, and we just still uh, working, man. And, and just, so the community has been cool and stuff like that. And one of the biggest things, well, I grew up in the uh, east side Booker T area. So to just go back to my community, I own more properties in South Monroe than I do in that area, but in that area I own like 15 or 20, like 15 properties, I want to say in that area, just go back to, you know, I own one property across the street from the, I own two properties across the street from the elementary school I went to, you know, I own a house and a mobile home that's right behind it, you know, and I look at that like, damn man, you know, and I own properties just in the hood that I grew up in, me and my friends, me and my best friends, we walked these streets our whole life, man. We fought on these streets. We got into everything on these streets and just to go back and be like, bro, I really own properties and then, you know what I'm saying? It's just like a beautiful uh, feeling and stuff like that, man. So that's really uh, been, been uh, about it. But to go back to, I had another challenge too and that's why I try to tell people the story, make sure I'm leaving it. You know, I grew up when I said my dad and them always talked about cash and you was dead, was like death. So now I'm in Scooter, I went talk to the bank and now I know I got a credit, I got collateral and I got credit and I can be able to get loans to buy properties. That was what the bank told me. So I faced with another challenge. I went back and told my dad and stuff. And uh, cause my dad and his best friend, like my dad was like the uh, service guy from his best friend that bought properties. They had kind of like a partnership going on. And his name was Doug, Douglas Simmons. He had a big impact on my life. But his thing was he bought these houses cash. And so, like, he was like, man, you don't want to use the bank and stuff like that. So 
I know what Scooter told me. I know what the biker told me. But now, you know, my dad got a big influence on my life. So it's like, all right. And Doug got a big influence on his life. That's my dad's best friend. So I was faced with another opposition. Like, do I want to take their advice and just try to do cash in one house a year? But I know I always wanted to quit my job. So I knew that was going to take a really long time. Or do I want to take Scooter advice and listen to what the banker's saying? And I want to scale and grow. So I had to sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to block out what everybody else telling me and I'm going to do what I feel like was best for me. And once I made the decision to start using bank financing and stuff, man, it was over with. It was like Sheesh. off the races, man. Man, and it's interesting because that gut is what's paying off now and that momentum, that traction is building up. I even saw that you said you quit your job on the win. You were just like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, man. So what ended up happening was, I think we started buying there. What happened was, uh, we bought the first house in the hood, we bought the next house. Then I ended up buying another house after that for like six grand. And me and my wife bought it. It was on Dixie Street, a street in the area, and the rental area where we buy property. But what ended up happening with that house, I got in over my head. Because I was like, man, this house got too much. It needs to be rewired. And I was getting bids, and they was coming back at 10000 I only paid six for the house. Mm. I was like, man, I really don't want to do this. So we ended up selling that house. We didn't uh, make a profit off it. We sold it for $500 less than what we bought it for. But the thing was, I just wanted to get it out of my misery, man, to get it on. But what I learned doing that was, I'm not gonna buy these type of houses. That type of house showed me what I was gonna buy in the future and stuff like that. So then I started buying, I think the first couple we bought, we used it. Well, the thing was, we used the house that we bought in 2015 for collateral. So what I did was I used that house for collateral. The appraisal came, I paid 15 for it. The appraisal came back at 36,000. You do 80% of that and that's $28,500. So I had this equity that I can use to buy houses. So my bank bills cross collateral. Well, they took that 28.5 and they moved it around to be the down payments on the properties that I was buying. So I ended up buying 10 houses without coming, no money down, without coming out of pocket off that one property off that one property that I bought. And once I bought those 10, you know, just kind of started buying more. So I think when I quit my job, we had between like 18 or 20. It was somewhere in there. And at the time I didn't know, like was I, I was praying, man. I was like, man, I had a long day at work. You know, Thursdays really hard days, but we had a lot of trucks that came at work and you had to stock all the product. So I remember calling my wife like, man, I'm tired of this, they ain't send me no help or nothing like that today. So I was like, man, I'm finna get ready to quit because I was thinking like I had enough money coming from the 20 properties, but I didn't know that yet. So I was like, man, but my biggest thing was the bank still gonna give me financing without the W-2 income. I was like, leave mm. it alone. But I would tell my wife, I call her on the phone, it was like six something to eat, and I was like, man, I'm gonna put my two notes in tomorrow, I'm gonna quit. I was like, what you think about it? She was like, that what you wanna do? Cause I had already been adamant for uh, over time to quit my job. I had like a little vision card up on the wall that I always said, at 30, I'm gonna quit my job, I'm gonna buy me a new truck and I'm gonna be a full-time entrepreneur. And all that stuff ended up happening, man. For my birthday, my turn, my wife bought me a new truck, came outside, she surprised me with that. And then, you know, buying enough properties and then better quit my job. But I was praying about the financing and I went to talk to my banker and I was like, man, I'm thinking about leaving the job and stuff. I was like, I'm still being good loans. She was like, I can't tell you that, but I can't tell you that, but you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, I can support you on it. So I just ended up doing it, man. I just put the two weeks notice in the next day. And uh, I was like, man, I'm gonna bet on myself, man. So, and by me betting on myself, 
you know, I knew I had to scale it then. So I went from 20 and I kept scaling and growing because now I was trying to hurry up and get some money in because I didn't have a job no more. So I had to depend on the rental income more. So I kind of went from 20, then it went up to 30, then it went to 40, then it went to 50. Then it just kept on going from there because of like, it was like a full-time entrepreneur now. You only eat you only eat what you kill. That's the mindset that I had and stuff like that. So I kind of transitioned from buying single doors into package deals. Like I was buying them in bulk. So if you buy some in bulk, you get kind of a good discount. Like say if you want to sell me five houses for a hundred thousand, but you like, man, I got five more I want to sell. So now that's ten. And say if you knock out five thousand per house, now you do five thousand times ten. So now you're getting a different type of price point from the seller because you buy, instead of buying one of their headaches, you buy all their headaches because you buy the properties in a package deal and book and stuff like that. So man, that's what kind of transition. And I know a lot of people gonna say how you get the financing on all that and all that. Like I said, man, I work with a unique banking situation where they pledge equity to help you buy other properties so you don't have to put down payments down. It's more into it. I had to talk about that more another day. It's more into it. I can break it down to show people, but that's kind of it's creative finance to where if I buy a house for twenty five thousand, but if it's worth fifty thousand, you know I got that twenty five thousand dollar equity spread. Yeah. After, then you subtract the bank fifteen percent, so now you got eighty five percent loan value. But I still got room in there to use that equity from that house to buy from house one to buy house two, and that's kind of how I've been doing it and stuff like that there. So that's how. I've been, I get that question a lot. That's how I've been getting financing on all these properties by doing it that way right there and using a uh, collateral. So uh, a couple months ago, we bought our first, uh, no, I stay in the area was a lot of single family homes, you know, to buy big families, to buy multi-families, is not a lot of small multi-families. People building those and stuff right now. So like we own a bunch of single family properties, you know, so we ended up buying our first four unit apartment building. And I went to a new bank to acquire financing on that because I want the seller want to hurry up and get it done. My bank is good, but sometimes, you know, when you start doing so much, they can kind of take time because they got to look at all your paperwork, your rent roll and all that and stuff like that. So what I did was I owned the house free and clear. I owned another house free and clear that we created financed in a package deal. We bought a nine unit package of properties and one of the properties was in a flood zone. So we had enough value in that package deal where the bank was able to release one house free and clear so we wouldn't have to carry the flood insurance. The flood insurance is expensive. And so I took that house and I think to buy the four unit apartment building and it was two more houses, so we bought six doors at one time. I was able to use, I needed 32.5 for the down payment, but I had a house that was worth 38,000 that I owned free and clear. So I was able to put that house for up for collateral with the new bank to assume the mortgage on a four unit apartment building and the other properties, the other two doors and stuff like that. So that was another creative deal where I came out of zero dollars to buy my first apartment building and stuff like that there and stuff like that. So that's just kind of uh, how I've been doing it over the years, man. Man, I, man, this is this right here. This is it right here, man. This this is it. This is what we needed to hear this Sunday, man. This is this is game. 101, 102, 103, 104, 105, because you're talking about creative financing and, and things whereby you're using the collateral from one house to pay. It's like you in the matrix or something, man. Like you just out here doing things that people haven't even heard about before. And that's that's super awesome because one thing I wanted to ask was that, okay, 
you get these properties and then you're renting it out, right? Or are they already, do they already have tenants in it? And yeah. Then, yeah. So we had the, my first couple, like we got to like 10, I was buying houses and me and my dad and my wife and my uncle, we was doing all the work. But what I realized, uh, it was taking so long, you know, keep in mind, I always said from day one, I wanted to quit my job. So we was doing this. My dad was a full-time plumber at the time. Him and his uh, partner Stanley, they had their plumbing business going on. My wife was working. So we get out work. My dad get out work by three, four. I get out work by three. We get out work and we'll go work on the properties by six, seven. We paint, doing floors. That's how me and my wife learned how to do a lot of stuff that we learned how to use, do today. Use the drill, screwdriver, the saw. Like we learned how to do all that because we were doing a lot of that work ourselves. But then, but what I realized was the last property we did on Arkansas Road, and that was like a big remodel project because I had some personal life stuff going on. So we kind of did the most on that house, more than we typically do because I had personal life issues going on and stuff like that. That's why I said the journey ain't just been sweet. Like I want people to know that I had personal issues going on. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I realized like, man, if I want to scale and grow and quit my job, I can't continue to buy these houses like this. We need all this work and we're not hiring it out and we doing it. And if we getting off work at three, four, and we only getting over here to four thirty, and we only working until like seven, eight o'clock, you know, it's not enough hours in the day to continue to scale like this. So I, another time I had to transition. So what I started doing, I started buying houses that was already rented out, but I started buying houses on change the lock paint it, put new floors down and stuff like that. Then I went buying houses no more than y'all that work the house. The foundation needs to be jacked up. You need a new roof, all this stuff. I stopped buying those type of houses and stuff like that there because uh, I knew I wanted to quit my job. So I wanted money coming in as quickly as I could get it. So I think between 2019, 2020, we bought over like 30 properties that was already rented out. And which that can be good or bad, we didn't ever increase the rent. So we took on some properties with lower rents, but I had cash flow immediately on the books right now. So I'm out my job. So we inherited over 30 tenants between then and then. And that can be, cause you gotta get them to be on your rules and the way you structure your business and stuff. That can be a headache within itself. That's another story, but I kind of transitioned into buying some that was rented out. So we bought over like 30 of them that had tenants in them already. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because now you're providing, like you, you helping people like live their lives. You know, they pin their family in houses. That's where their kids are growing up. And I saw that y'all use this program called like Tenant Cloud or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, and even too as well. One thing I think people, as they start building up like this, they're like, all right, we're going to need some kind of property management or we build our own property management company so we can keep the cost down and put more systems and structures in place that represent our own values and, you know, keep a tight grip on everything that's going on. Because by the time you start dealing with a couple of tenants, 10, 20, 30, 40, it's like, how do you manage all of that? So are you, are you do you use a property management uh, company? Do you, do you do you build your own or how do you do that? Or no. maybe when you buy these places, they come with their own property management uh, companies. No, so what we do was, me and my wife, we use Google Voice and that's our business number. In the beginning, you know, me and her, just until, up until like uh, last year, me and her was answering the phone. Like my wife would do it for a couple months, she'd get tired. Then I'd do it, we were just kind of off and on. We were dealing with it ourselves. And then I had uh, hired it out. One, no problem, man, I got somebody to take my phone calls. Like kind of like just assistant, take the phone calls and stuff. I was doing that with a lady, it didn't work out because we had way more properties than she thought. 
And she didn't realize, she told me she wanted to be paid this, but she didn't realize the amount of calls that we get and stuff like that there. Because of, you know, we invest in low income areas, man. So sometimes it's high maintenance. There's always stuff needs to be done. It's high turnover at times. And we, um, when we post a property for rent, you know, it's attractive and the rent only 500 bucks, you know, you can get 40 phone calls on that one listing, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so what we did now is we got a lady, my wife's cousin named Brittany French, and she just like uh, my part-time assistant now. She takes all the calls. If a toilet is leaking, she texts me and say, hey, X address said the toilet leaking. Then I text my dad and say, hey, hey, look, I put that on his schedule and stuff like that because now my dad works for me works with me full time he's like the full time maintenance man and stuff like that there so we work together on that right there and uh, i just dispatched so Brittany sends it to me and i send it out to my daddy and she take all our calls and she i rented a little office space like uh a year ago because i got tired of driving around picking up rent into all those properties and stuff like that because i didn't know about tin cloud at the time i didn't know about systems or none of it. it was just all pen and paper you know, I didn't wait till I learned everything. I took action because I want to upgrade my family living and put us in a better position. So now I had to reverse engineer and realize, man, you own millions in real estate. Man, you own a bunch of properties. Man, you're dealing with a lot of tenants. You got to put some type of buffer in between there. And that's why uh, we bought Brittany on board. And she's like an assistant. Like she go out and take pictures to the properties. She uh takes the calls. She does the, the meet tenants at the office to pay the rent or she meets them to lease up a unit and stuff like that. So I don't got a property management company. I never will. I just always have to be like an office manager. We just bought our first office. We just, I was renting the office and we just bought our first two commercial buildings and I'm turning one of them into my office and stuff like that. And Brittany, I have a, a office in that building as well. And the tenants will come in and just pay their rent, do leases there, just deal with her. So I just have like an office manager or something like that that I pay on salary every year versus me hiring a property management company because that'll, that'll cost me a lot with the amount of properties that we own. So that's, that's how, that's how, and I learned that from my guy Scooter. Like he has the same thing. So I just kind of copied his system and I learned that like instead of me paying 10% or 8% per all these doors, let me just pay somebody X amount of hundred dollars a week to handle this for me. And you do X amount of hundreds of dollars a week times 12, you know, that equal out to an office salary position for somebody. And, and that's that's smart because first of all, it's more concentrated. You're not you're not diluting it and pitting it in other people's hands that some of these companies they don't really care too much about the the spirit of your business or the vision that you have or what you're trying to they just all right, come me the check and we're gonna do the bare minimum. And sometimes like you said, people that you know, people that you grew up with, people that you can really trust, people that you can count on at a moment's notice and you know being able to you know hire your wife's friend you know that she's gonna be more thoughtful more like like part of the family in terms of like really servicing and it's good because look you can have as much energy as you want in the world but at the end of the day as a business owner you only have so much and there's only 24 hours in a day so being able to have that buffer you know and that some of the task that's redundant you know it's always happening somebody called about this the lease assignment you can focus on more higher level activities yeah. like okay how am i going to expand this okay i want to do this creative financing and you don't want to have somebody calling you talking about a toilet broke you know when you're trying to deal with some of these more higher level uh business strategies or moves that you're about to take and, so and 
it took me years to learn that too, man. Like I say, I had to reverse engineer and go back and put systems in place and stuff like that. I went to a conference with some guys, with me and Scooter. He took me on my first little private plane. Like, you know, we flew down there and these guys was talking about systems they use in their business and stuff like that. I own more properties than a lot of guys there. But I was telling my wife when I came home, they stuff just sounded and looked a little bit more crystal clear than mine did. So I need to go back and implement some systems and different things like that to help me continue to grow and scale and stuff like that because we did all the work ourselves before. You know, with a huge shout out to a huge help to my dad. Like that dude, he mean everything to me. You know, my dad and my mom, but my dad always helped me with the properties and fixing stuff. So like that, I learned everything I know from him when it comes to construction and just life and stuff in general and stuff like that. You know, my wife learning how to paint. My wife know how to cut floors better than I do. You know, I rush through it. You know, she'll take her time and make sure it's right. You know, we did all that stuff in the beginning. We leased up units and stuff like that. You know, when I when we got like over 30 some units, I got tired of going and pick pick up rent. Mm-hmm. And I knew I couldn't afford like a, a, a office or nothing like that. So what I did was my wife on Facebook, they had a little posting where a guy was reading these, he owned a big building. He got suites in there that he rent out to different business owners and stuff. And I ended up renting that building out just to, at the time, I didn't know if I can afford it or not, but it was cheap, the rent was cheap. And I just made that little suite out of the office and I just took a mailbox from Home Depot and put it in the, on the door. Now wow. tenants go up there and drop off rent. So that gave me like 20 hours of my of my time back a month because I didn't have to worry about chasing them down and doing this and doing that. I had the place. And I took the ball out of my court. Yeah, you got off at five, They'll say you can stop by pick up the rent, but then, you know, they got to go to the store after work and stuff like that. Now you over there at five and now they don't make it home at six o'clock. And I stay on the all the way on the other side of town. So, like, I think we live time, people try to figure everything out and put systems in place, which you should do. But I was different. I was just like, bro, I'm not going to be comfortable with making less than $20,000 a year. So I just went out and did everything. And then I had to go back and reverse engineer and put things in the right perspective so I can have more freedom and have more time and do what you just said. Like now I get to go to my office, you know, we renovate our own office, but the one I'm in right now, like I get to go there and sit down and work on my numbers, work on my, my processes. I get to make phone calls that I need to make. You know, I get to uh, put numbers in the rent roll, put a construction budget together, a remodel budget together and stuff like that. I get to do all those things because of, I done put systems in place. Like my dad's the full-time maintenance guy. He, he's the full-time, whatever I need him to do. You know, he, he goes out and does it. My uncle, he's my dad helper. So he helps my dad every day and stuff like that there. Then Brittany takes the calls and does all that stuff. And my wife does QuickBooks, the financial side of it, make sure the credit card payments, the mortgages is paid, the utilities is paid. And I just get back, sit back now and focus on all the business stuff and stuff like that there, man. So that's been, a, that's been a, a luxury. Cause at first I was scared, man. Cause I was like, I'm telling my best friend, Jeremy Taylor, you got to get him on the show, man. He's out in Shreveport, him and his wife, Chanel, and they they, 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 they kicking butt out there, man. They they bought a whole block out there uh, a couple months ago, wow. man. That's my best friend for over 20-some years, man. And I was telling him, like, when it, when I first started putting this in place, I'm like, bro, I got most, so much freedom on, on my hands now. I don't know what to do. I ain't painting the house. <laughs> I ain't helping my dad do this. I ain't answering the phone, dealing with tenants. I got the systems in place. And I was scared with all that free time, man, because you just grew up on the labor side and all you know is work, work, work. 
but then you realize like doing mental work and, and doing ball stuff and, and stuff is just as important as that other stuff. And I listened to a podcast and it said, it, this podcast changed my life and I can't find it no more. And I hope I find it again, but it said, you want the thousand, you want the hundred dollar per hour job or you want the thousand dollar per hour job. And the guy was saying, man, you, I can go pay a plumber a hundred dollars an hour, you know? That's what the thousand dollar hour job is the business owner. That's the guy that get paid a thousand dollars per hour. And I was like, I had to act. I said, man, I want that job. I want the job that pays unlimited, which is being the business owner. And so lately I've been kind of thank God and all the hard work and sacrifices over the years. I've been kind of able to sit in that chair, man, and just be the business owner and not have to work so hard every day and continue to trade my time for money and stuff like that. Because when I first transitioned from quit my job, that's all I was doing. It's like I left my job and created another job. But I didn't know no better at the time. But as time goes on, with now me being an entrepreneur for over two years or something, I kind of realized how important systems is. My brother, Derek Johnson and Emmanuel Baker, they always talked about that and stuff like that. We have our calls, our real estate calls and stuff. They always talk about systems and processes and teams and stuff like that, man. So I'm just not getting to that point. And I want to make sure I say this before we go. Like, I'm just not getting to that point. And I don't want people to think like, you know, that just happened overnight. It took a lot of trial and error and it took a lot of mistakes. And I had to find myself on being an entrepreneur. You had to find, cause you know, you go to a job, they got a schedule for you. That's right. This is what you're supposed to do. So when I stepped into this world, it was like, what I want my life to look like. Most important, what I want my day to look like. What I'm doing throughout the day and stuff like that. I had to find myself on that. And I made a lot of mistakes because I was saving money doing a lot of stuff myself, me and my dad, my wife, but I wasn't saving time. And as you grow, you know, you realize I'm 32 now. You know, you realize that like, man, time is more valuable than money. So That's it's right. about systems and stuff in place so you can have time. Man, and it is the, the, the thought process. I think even the time that you spent earlier uh, just doing everything manually, what's going to happen is that now when you build these systems and processes, your systems and processes are going to be five times stronger, more efficient, just because you already worked those parts. You already worked the, that labor. You already understand what it is that you're looking for in those job descriptions, because you can have that business owner that knows how to put up all those systems, but he doesn't know how to necessarily structure it so that it strengthens his business. Like, so when you're putting together these systems and processes, like you have already like tight operation that can do serious damage you know because you know exactly what you're looking for you know exactly how that system and process should be working because you were the system and you were the process so now when you put it in heck you can even ask somebody like the earlier podcast i had this morning arrow j from atlanta that's doing airbnb real estate and car business he's talking about look as entrepreneurs we, we got areas that we super strong and we got areas where yeah. we not as strong. Yeah. So now you can even put people in place that are stronger in certain areas than you were so that when they you, you add that component to your business, it strengthens the spirit of your, it. It, it makes your business that much more better. Yeah, and, man. Just a kid on that, like I listened to a Nip interview a while ago, you know, he had a huge big impact on my life. And, you know, he said, I did everything in my process from point A to point B. So it was times in my entrepreneurial journey, I started trying to skip steps and I had to go back and question myself like, bro, who are you? 
Like you can't cheat the grind. You got to walk through it. Even if you're on fire, you got to walk through those steps. So by me painting the house, uh, uh, me and my wife doing, me and my dad and my wife doing the sheetrock, or we doing the floor. Now when somebody come over to be the job, I know how much it costs. I know how much square foot that is. I know all this stuff because of I put my hands on it before. I've been there before. I've been in there when it was hot as hell. I've been in there when it was cold as hell, dealing with the weather and stuff like that. So I answered the phone for tenants. I rented units out before. I went to Home Depot and Ace Hardware and got keys made. So when you do all those things and when you start hiring people, you know what the expectations and you know like what you need out of the job and stuff like that. Even with the work, I stay on my dad them sometimes by going slow. Uh, Mr. Larry, that my HVAC guy, a uh, certain different people, my, my uh, partner Pierce, he owns a construction company now. That's one of the guys I started his entrepreneurship journey with, and it's a real estate journey with as well. He uh, owns like 50 homes, and he owns a construction company and uh, stuff like that. And I hire him out to do jobs sometimes and stuff like that. But I had to learn, like, bro, yeah, it's tough right now, but you can't skip steps and stuff like that there because. When you first quit your job, it's all about saving that dollar because of every dollar you put out, it takes out of the household and stuff because you don't got a paycheck really in no more. But as you scale and continue to grow, you realize it's not a problem that a check can't fix. If I can write the check, I can get somebody else to go spend the time to do it. And I can focus on the next task on how to get my money back on the check I just wrote. So it's kind of like one of those things right there, man. So I kind of learned all that stuff over the journey, man. Wow. And hearing your story now as we're wrapping up this, this is so much info, man. You remind me of like the Jay Morrisons or like the the Max Maxwells and some of those cats that I see on on Bigger Pockets, man. But like your your journey, like man, like you need to to document this, man. Like the money you have now, you could get a videographer and have them start uploading to YouTube and like creating content for your Instagram. Because I'm like. All this information you know there's so many people that need this kind of information like and if you're thinking about like multiple streams of income yeah. another thing i'm thinking about is look you can create courses you can have monthly memberships you can have uh one-on-one -on -one webinars and things of that nature whereby you you can take all this information all this knowledge and experience and pit other people in on game that really want to level up and really want to get into real estate and that's another source of income yeah. like a, a thousand dollars for course and xyz and you know what that's the goal and it's another guy my partner henry uh, i don't know if you tapped in with him yeah he's on instagram you need to look him up independent realty group he's a guy on, on arkansas he's doing some big things you probably need to get him on the show stuff like that uh me and him did the black black wealth conference with todd millionaire and stuff like that when they had the black wealth conference and stuff like that. And he does the courses and stuff like that. Me and him talked about it the other day. Man, I, my mind just got to the point, where, like I said, go back to what I said, I just got that freedom to be creative. You got things like I was just all grinding, all grinding. Like I just got to the point where I could think about, so I got a thing called a gentleman session, conversation coming up with me and my best friends where we just gonna sit down. You know, I'm a big fan of the I'm an athlete podcast and we gonna sit down and kind of feature the shift we're gonna dress the tables up and we just gonna have this conversation like me and you having about black wealth economics and just what like legacy and all this stuff uh mean to me because those guys are my brothers and they in real estate and they killing it and they doing the same thing that i'm doing and stuff like that there you know so some of them have wives and some of them don't so uh yeah man i'm just now getting to the point where i can be creative and focus on other screens and stuff like this because in the beginning as of late 
it's been more free time, man. First, my heel was just down, and I was just stuck in the grind trying to buy the next deal and make the next play and stuff like that. I really didn't have time to think and stuff like that for us, like on other stuff like that there. So uh, that's coming soon, man, because I really want to give more knowledge out to help the people and stuff like that. And I think from everything you've been through, that's one thing is that, you know, for example, me running the digital marketing agency, I help content creators, I help entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, put together their courses and, you know, sell it via Facebook ads and their monthly memberships and scale it. And they got hundreds to hundreds of thousands of people inside their groups. And that's another $50,000, $100,000 that's just coming in monthly for them. But the ones that I've seen being the most successful are the ones that they actually went through the experience. They, they're passionate about what it is that they're talking about. They know what it is that they're talking about. Because guess what? There's somebody, there's another Deontay, there's another Lamont, another Ashley, this, that they 20 something years old. And they're like, I got to get into this. But they don't know who to look to or like where to get the information or like sometimes it's too much information. So, or they want that person that looked like them, that, you know, part of the community, like, and they want to tap in with them. So, you know, like you said, I'm athlete, the podcast and, and think the top millionaires and things like that, you know, they take the information and then they diversify. They promote the eBooks, the courses, the, the monthly memberships. And one thing that's crazy too as well, is that that will open up doors to bigger partnerships. Like you'd be surprised whereby somebody who knew somebody went through the course and from there, you talking to a developer or you talking to um, a huge organization that's like, yeah, we want you to come in and have a meeting with you. Because now, not only are you building that real estate legacy, but then you're starting to impact other people in terms of like business development, how to, how they can go ahead and start building their own real estate empire. And when I think about something like that, I'm like, okay, my kids' kids or my relatives, they can partake of that knowledge too as well or that information and even when you think of a brand like what is a brand like all those like you know the the content and the courses and stuff like that that's a part of your brand so it makes you bigger so that when you go into these rooms they like oh yeah we know about you we seen your, your name like think about any rapper or musician the reason why their name holds weight or why people have a certain perception of them is because they put out so much content that you have no other choice but to identify them with the content. Like Nipsey Hussle, imagine if Nipsey Hussle didn't have no music, no videos out, he just another ordinary dude. But because of we seen him document the process and the Bitcoin and the when he was buying out the the, the block and you know his his brother Black Sam and everything, we like he holds this value and he's a legend because it's like damn yo he really out here putting it together. So I think as the rest of the community documenting that process too as well and building that brand and monetizing that brand too as well so it's i'm excited man for sure yeah man like i said that's coming soon man i really want to tap in and just show people like bro like i wasn't the best student in school no college no nothing like that i had a dream of being an entrepreneur me and that real estate investor on the millions in real estate just to be in a position that me and my wife are in right now you know in our earlier 30s 
you know, it's been a blessing, man, to be able to have my dad helping me out. You know, my little sister just bought her first home. You know, my other, I was able to, uh, my brother, my other brother, he bought a house from me and stuff like that. He got his home and stuff like that with my nephews and stuff. So, and my friends, man, that's more the most important part, you know, being on this roller coaster ride with my wife, you know, and being on here with my uh, brothers. Like, I love them, them boys, man, and we always encouraging each other and stuff like that. You know, when I first, when you reached out to me, I said, bro, yeah, I'm gonna tap in with you, but I'm like, bro, let's get my bros on, because of, like, it's like, you know, it, it's important. It's like unity, like, 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 I just want, you know, sometimes I had an opportunity to do podcasts and stuff like that before them, because I own a little bit more properties than they do. I've been doing it a little bit longer, but I just want to be wanting, like, when I get a chance to tap in with people to highlight those guys as well and stuff like that there and uh, continue to try to uh, build and grow, man. But like I say, just take action. I'm a prime example of not knowing everything when you first start out. I just took action. I just knew I wanted more in life, man. I knew I wanted to upgrade the family living. And I just feel like, you know, I wanted to have more in life. So I just took action and I was just like, I did a lot of good, did some bad, but I always knew the good way I went the bad. And I always knew like, I'll figure it out because my wife always told me like, bro, we'll figure it out. Like, don't, don't trip. You know what I'm saying? Trip. So, got this. If God could do it for us back then. He can do it now. For- yeah, that's how. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a journey, man. I appreciate you for inviting me, man. We got to tap in again, man, so I can uh, kind of tap in on that creative financing with people and show people some different ways that you and people can partner up and go out and buy a house that y'all own free and clear and you can take it and leverage that and they can help buy you some more assets and stuff like that there, man. So, man, yeah, I appreciate you for the opportunity, man. No problem. And my mastermind is Lamont Woods, 1-800-HUSTLER. I'm going to put the links to his Instagram, to his site. Y'all go check him out. Y'all got to tap in. Like, this is serious knowledge right here. And my man, Lamont, like, your brothers, the ones that, you know, they got their own real estate and they starting to build. Man, shoot them, you know, let's do it, man. I'm, I'm excited because what you're doing is not too many people probably talking about it, not too many people heard about it, but let's be real, man. If we put this out here and people saw the process, you probably be one of the top black like real estate like entrepreneurs out there right now man so it's exciting to see that that humble and that humility that you got and you're the only person i reached out to that was like you know what i got other people that i want to put on to as well so everybody else they were like oh okay i, I can come on i, I drop just what i do i can get myself out there but you were like man I'm cool with getting myself out there, but I want to get them out there too as well. I want to get my brothers and people that are doing business too out there too as well. So I think that goes to show why you're so incredibly successful and why you're just going to keep getting better and better and growing and growing. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I said, yeah, man. My mom, my, my, uh, like just people that had that big influence on you, my bros, my wife, you know, Scooter, who you shout out to that guy, man. That guy changed my life, man. I tell him, once a month, I text him once a month and be like, you know, even though we talk, you know, a couple times a week or once a week, you know, we work out, we run together and stuff like that to uh, trying to get healthy and stuff. He kind of put me on that too. He transitioned me from just thinking about business, like what's good is having this money if we ain't gonna look good at the beach, you know what I'm saying? Because we ain't gonna, you know, we can't be there for our kids' kids, you know? He took yeah, that's kids. the truth, I just man. our kids. So that made me and my, my brother, Derek Johnson, he always been big on health as wealth and stuff like that. So. 
just continue to make different transitions outside of business and stuff. Now I got more freedom with having systems in place. I can focus on the health and all that and stuff like that, that man. So yeah, but before I leave here, man, I would say, man, man, well, this is important that people get this, like you said, who you choose to be your partner. At the time, I didn't know me and my wife's life was gonna be set up like that. We done went through all the good and we done went through all the damn bad too. We done went through it all, man, but one thing, there was a guy found a way to help us put it back together, patch it up, and continue to live out our dreams and continue to create this legacy that in the journey that we on today. And if I knew the person I am today, she wanted me to be that person at 18 years old when she met me, but I wasn't smart enough. Then. I still had the hood mentality. I still did, still that. So I just say like it's important your brothers, your friends, your sisters, whoever it might be, the people that you have around you. It's very important because those people are going to help you be inspired. It can help you grow. And they also going to tell you when you're wrong. It's not going to be on no yes. I'm like, bro, you tripping. I like, like, you tripping, you know. My wife would tell me, like, hey, you're trying to do too much right now. Let's focus on this. Like, she know when to get a rope and she know when to kind of pull it back and stuff like that, man. So that's just uh, very important to have the right circle and the right people around you, though, man. But I appreciate you, though, bro. Big time. My man, Lamar. Until next time. Hey, I appreciate you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast. Again, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, T-O-L-U-O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. And blow up my inbox, man. I need to hear your suggestions, feedback, people I need to interview next, topics I need to cover. Again, I appreciate all y'all. And while you're at it, you might as well go to Apple and drop that review. Let's get it. Rah.